They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... Then old mate goes, who wants some tunes? I'm not keen, but in his boat, so I go, yeah, all, all right. Next thing, it's all do, 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 heading down the creek, and the gunnels are rattling, the bird life scatters, the mud skipper's even taken off the bank, and the bloke just takes a swig of his beer and goes like, oh, yeah, I, I bloody love this track. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. Oh, oh, Tim, Tim, get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome to the tinny on a week that's been a little bit of a weird one, Andy. Did you get did you get showered on? In we the got, middle of the dry season? We got rain in the middle of the yeah, dry. It's very surprising. It was beautiful. It was humid though, wasn't it? Oh, there's the humidity's challenging through the dry. I thought we were gonna have a break from that, but gee, a dry season storm every now and again isn't isn't a bad thing. I like the grey clouds sometimes. They make me happy. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, unusually overcast. Well, it's because it says Barramundi, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's quite it does. kind of the opposite. It's How like, far away is the build-up? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the opposite to down south, isn't it? Where overcast and gloomy days are kind of exciting days, and that's what it's been in the in the top end um, through the week with a little bit of um, rain around. I chatted to Beard um, just yesterday, who's pretty excited. I just wanted to let you know. Oh, yeah. Excited about nothing more than a freshly spooled reel. Oh, that's worth he, getting excited about. Yeah, he got one done during the week. Yes. And was evidently rather rather buoyant. You might see hear some of that translating uh, on the tinny, that buoyancy, that optimism. He did sound very yeah, upbeat in yeah. a couple of those stories. Yeah. yeah. Happy, happy day, he said. Uh, it, in this 200 metres of 40-pound braid, Tim, lies promise, or at least the dream, of adrenaline-filled ecstatic moments, which, which contrasts starkly against the mundane kind of lumbering drudgery of otherwise everyday existence. Yeah. It's a green light in the fog. And then, as he is wont to do quite often, annoyingly often, actually, he, he quotes wise old men, one of whom once said, we're all in the gutter. But some of us, uh, Tim, are looking at the stars and at our awesome, newly, freshly spooled reel. <laughs> that is wisdom. That is exciting. It is exciting, though. It speaks it for many, yeah. I think. You can have a Christmas any time you want just by getting your reel spooled. Mm. It's like getting a new car. Well, Christmas for you, too, has been your vacuum sealer. Um, this is just an update on our lives to kick it off. Um, one bloke got some line on a fishing rod, and the other bloke got a vacuum sealer. <laughs> Had my eye on this for a very long time, Tim, and I've got to tell you... They tell uh, me it's life-changing. We, 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 Everybody says the we, same we, thing. We spoke a few months ago about the life-changing nature of the Thunder Bucket on the transom. Mm. Same category, that's all I'll say. 
it is life changing. It is. Um, the boat's been away for a couple of weeks, so one of my goals has just been to do a few sort of fishy related jobs. Mm. One of them was to acquire this vac sealer. Um, and also just to focus a bit more on esky management. Sometimes you need to reflect on how you run your boat <laughs> yep. and how you run your camping trips. And my esky management and my fridge management, it's not up to standard. Well, so if, if I was in a workplace, I would not be meeting my KPI. So what does focus on esky management mean? Well, it means when you've got a, a portable fridge or freezer, you've got to maximise the space, not just chuck boxes of but, s- and tubs of stuff in there. But the focus, stand that, on the lid. does that just mean wandering around the house thinking about it in your mind a lot? No, it, it, it means getting a vacuum sealer and individually oh, packaging <laughs> everything, including bait. In fact, I nearly vacuum sealed the kid. You just want to, you want to vacuum seal everything when you buy a vacuum sealer. Have you done some mock esky packs to practice I've done the a re- Tetris? I've done a real one, about to, about to go on a trip, and I'll tell you what, there's, there's room left over. Thanks to the vacuum sealer. In the car fridge, thanks to the vacuum sealer. You know Beard's method? What does he do? He, he buys sandwich bags and sucks the air out <laughs> with his breath. Or dips them in water to force the air out, which actually isn't a bad tip. No, the, the charter guides do that. I've seen, seen the with boys the on the boats yeah, with the fillets. It works yeah, beautifully. Works yeah, yeah, it's good. So plenty to look forward to on the tinny this week, where you'll hear about a three-rod snap hat-trick, a fantasy land of fishing that's only an 11-hour drive away. Uh, and a bloke that got a new boat, or perhaps not a bloke that got a new boat, a bloke's missus who got a new boat. So oh, it's for the not bloke. really the blokes, and it's, yeah, you're going to have to listen to it. It's a great, great yarn. Great story. She just went out and got it done. You can procrastinate and muck about as, as much as you want. And that's, I'm going to get this done. And that is what we're going to do right now. We're going to get this done. Tales from the Tinny. Really cool, calm and collective. Yeah, I'm happy to have her in the boat any time. If she don't come, we don't catch a fish. I'm the slayer. They're calling me the slayer at work. Tales from the Tinny. Yeah, Well, there's a magical faraway place, fishers, where every house has at least three boats. A coral trouter. Caught land-based, mm. on tap basically, Tim, where Red Emperor caught in waters shallower than 10 metres. It's a place that, well, you could imagine, it's unimaginably fishy. <laughs> it's where you don't need a chest freezer, because the fish are on tap. Yeah, they're always there, so you don't it's need like to you, store. Don't, you don't need a beer in cans when you've got it on tap, do you? It's the same principle, the mm. fish are on tap. Mm. And frankly, it's a bit weird if you live at that place and you don't fish. It's, it's more than weird, man. It's flat-out criminal. It's wrong. Mm. It's also a place, though, Tim, where you might go, you know what, I'm pretty good at fishing. <laughs> In fact, I'm so good, I think I'm going to start a fishing charter as a bit yeah, of a side yeah, hustle. As a side hustle, that's, it's, that, that's not uncommon. This is not a mystical, magical, made-up <laughs> fantasy a place. In, a place in the heavens. In, in, in the mind <laughs> of one Packy Andy. Yeah. This is a true place, and it's called Nullumboy, Tim. And the charter is R&G Charters. And the man behind that is simply known as, as Rock. Not even The Rock, just Rock. <laughs> how are you, Rock? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Where, where, where does The Rock come from? Are you massive? No, nah, I used to be. I lost a lot of, I lost a lot of Rock. My mates call me uh, Pebbles now. Yeah, you've toned down a bit. Mate, you started up last August as a bit of a side hustle because uh, you're a mine worker otherwise. How's it been travelling in that time? It was a long story. I bought a boat to do it to go barrafishing. Barnum and I ended up having a uh, survey in survey for another four years. So I said, oh, well, instead of wasting it, hun, I should do something with it. So, yeah, I started the little charter up and I think I created a monster. It's going that good to keep knocking people back because I've got work at Rio. So, yeah, they're coming in. You can't even get the campsite if you're a local. You've got to book months in advance at the moment. 
so they, there's a lot coming in. Some locals enjoy it, and some think it's ridiculous. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think everyone just wants to keep their own little piece of paradise to themselves. They're not bringing too many boats, but um, yeah, they're all coming down. But look at all the campsites, all the uh, surrounding areas of Nullarbor. Boys. So we are getting a lot of people coming in. So the waters are still relatively clear for locals. Locals have got their own little spot. When I first went to Nullarbor, it took me five years to get a spot off one bloke. Yep. So. <laughs> We don't give them up too much now. Eh? One of those things you try and, like your prized possession, you need to hang on to it as long as you can. Are they really trout land-based? Yes. <laughs> you should come over for a fish. There's trout land-based. We're catching red amber at the moment in about seven metres of water. Uh, the biggest one we got so far in our chart is 820. Yeah, and 820 was caught in just under 10 metres, 9.6 it was. Describe a describe a bad day when you come back in. I mean, a bad day in Darwin Harbour, you come back in with a, a, a couple of caddies and a tricky. No, nah, we had we had a bad day the other day. We come back with two red emperor, five Mackies over one metre. Um, and we end up with two jewfish as well. So one was one under five, and the other one was one fifteen. Why are we talking to this bloke, Andy? Mate, you know what my friends used to call me before I started the charter business up. My nickname used to be All the Gear, No Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's the real question here, Rock. Do you now have a idea because you're in Mullenboy and you just drop in seven metres and there's an 82-centimetre Red Emperor? Everyone would want to be a charming of that. Is. You've still got to know the tides, the moon, the weather. Like we've been still going out in uh, 15 to 20 blowies out here with a three-metre swell, just hugging the coast and doing a bit of chasing crouts and fannies and the... Uh, Red Emperor. At this stage, now that the weather's changed, the upper water five weeks ago was about 31 degrees. It's now pushing 26. So our nappies are firing up and our trout are starting to get up on the queue as well. So we got a 68 the other day. Well, 10 years ago, they were classed as a pest in Nullumboy trout. <laughs> like a tricky? Uh, yeah, like a, a grass emperor or a tricky, yeah. <laughs> so, Rock, how are you targeting spannies, which seem pretty thick at the moment too? Oh, we just chuck a few lures behind. My biggest penny so far we've caught on, a, uh, I've had an ostrich straight to the bottom. You picked up an old bit of squid and you went 18 kilos. Just probably in the last three weeks, they've actually started to get around that metre size now. So they're, they're just starting to get a bit bigger, six metre and two metre dogs. Yeah, just standard um, big Mac lures, what, trolling at, at, at five to six knots? Yeah, probably around the seven to eight. Yep. Some people trawl a little bit faster, but I'm finding the silver and the purple work well eight metre. Uh, it goes real well on tuna as well, that, that silver and purple. So I'm trying to get people in the soft plastic. Mm. We, um, we set it up now. But I've only got four people on board. We'll set it up with all squid, drop all the squid down, a couple of chilies, and um, I'll set up one rod just with a nice big soft plastic and throw it over the side and just leave it in the rod holder. And probably nine times out of ten, it'll go off with a trout or a nice fish, and I just give it to one of the clients to pick it up and reel it in. It's and then for about four hours, four hours straight, everyone wants to do chicken. It's no wonder that everyone in Nullumboy thinks they're an excellent fisher. <laughs> <laughs> they, I know there's more yeah. to it, Rock, but essentially you're just yeah. putting a piece of plastic on a rod, putting it in a rod holder, sitting down and having a beer, and all of a yeah, sudden you're that... an excellent fisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way, the, way, the way you do the action, you don't need to do the action. You, know, you only need that couple of hundred mil up and down. It's all good. Mate, you, you mentioned that it took you five years to get a mark off someone when you first moved to Nullumboy. Did you hear the yarn the other day with the boat ramp dude, Karen? He probably gave you one of my marks. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty good fisherman, Karen. He, he's been 
here a long time. He's been here longer than me, and he uh, he knows some good spots. I went out with him a fair bit till I bought my first boat. Once I got my first boat here, that was it. I went. Um, I've become a loner for a little while, trying yeah. to learn how to fish. Hey, it's been lovely to talk to you, um, Rock, and we'll keep in contact over the uh, over the season, mate. Yeah, give it to you, whatever you want, mate. Cheers. Well, a picture tells a thousand words, Tim, and that's what Mitch Dowling's done to us. No text, just a picture of him with a trout that would easily fit last week's football with a face description. It's a football with a face. It is a ripper. It's got to be 70 centimetres and very, very fat. Footy with a face. Um, Beard tried to sort of prod some details about where it came from, but uh, no cigar on that. Yeah. Does that make it more intriguing or just... What, when just you don't out- know where it's from? Yeah, or no. just outright annoying. Yeah, just flat out annoying. Anyway, cheers for the pick, Mitch. Uh, that thing is a beast of a fish. It's a boost. you got to say it like boist. Oh. B-O-I-S-T now. Boist of a fish. A boist of a fish. Boist. After, you remember when Dak pulled the barra up the... Yes, up the bank. Uh, uh, up the bank and the yeah, croc chaser. Run, was, run. Yeah, and, and, and he he remarked that what a boist, boist. of a fish. It's B-O-I-S-S-T. Uh, this popped up on the Gove notice board this week. No doubt you've seen it. Fish has been shared all over Facebook. Um, a reminder to be crockwise from the fella and don't be complacent. Our 200 horse Yammy bitten by a large lizard while we were sleeping in it at Arnhem Bay last night. Mm. Luckily, he said the boat is six metres with high sides, so we weren't in any real danger. But I never keep bait or fish near the transom to attract them. It must have just been angry or mistook the motor for something else. But the bite marks are real high on the top of the cowling, like straight through it with the teeth. So yeah. it's done a it's done a big launch. If you sleep in your boat, just remember there are some large crocodiles that we share the water with. Yes, understood. Uh, thank you. Maybe you should take over this bit here because you love the safety bit. Can you can you do that bit? I if can you, take over this yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, and the message <laughs> is: if you sleep in your boat, just remember there are some large crocodiles that we share the water with. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Let's stay on safety. It never takes a holiday, but Tim, it does take the occasional day off, as it did last week, for two people that were rescued after their boat capsized in high winds at Dundee Beach. Safety um, went to Cairns. Safety took a half day, um, sick leave. <laughs> NT police say the skipper of the four and a half metre vessel activated an emergency beacon when yes. his boat overturned after suffering a bilge pump failure over the weekend. I mean, it's pretty frightening. So they've actually clung to the boat before the rescuers arrived and then... Um, Met the police back at the shore, and of course the police had the same message, and that is, um, you know, the importance of safety gear on board that, mm. that works, and checking your safety gear too. And I think Tim, that police uh, did a little extradition there. They went to Cairns, they knocked on the door of, of safety, <laughs> and, and they told like, safety can, to get back to work. Cancel the can, can, <laughs> cancel can, the leave. Cancel the leave. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a boy. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Hello, Tales from the Tinny. Pete from Humpty Doo and the generator. On board the dog. My new 10-foot, 8-horsepower-driven, legendary tinny. We just got a couple of little... Oh, yeah. Generate and what are you doing? Yeah, there you go. Bring it in close, 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 close. Bring it in. There we go. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. What's that, like a little 30? Yeah, 30, 40 centimetre model. Uh, yeah, it's inhaled, I don't know. Ah! 
You need a relationship drag. But yeah, we're getting some little bow. Oh my rod, I've never caught a fish on this rod. Yeah. It's like hits every time you um, cast out, eh? Oh, yep. <laughs> What's that? Number five. That'd have to be a meter. Oh, yep. Hey! Get him in the boat. All right, bring it out. Nice. Oh, lucky. We got two. What have you done to yourself there, Jen? Got the old hook in the thumb. First treble on the little bomber when we're at a mad sesh. There was some screaming going on, so now we have to do the operation. <laughs> Back to camp. We're still a couple of hours of daylight. And to add more adventure, our campsite nearly burnt down. <laughs> uh, a heap of wind picked up, and fire burnt right around the trailer we got. Near a jerry can with a breather open, which I don't know how didn't go up. And then it would have burnt maybe half an acre, quarter of an acre of paddock. But we ran out with buckets and put it out. Here we are, finished up on the billabong. What did we get, Jen? We got 20 plus barrel. Or was it 25? It was 25. 25 with the biggest being a 60. And then 55s. Big crocodiles got stalked. Nearly burnt our camp down. Jen put a treble through her thumb and had to rip it back out, which is not the thickest part of your bloody thumb. Just gotta start this fine motor up. Get out of here. Hey Jen. Yeah. Get a mile up now. <laughs> <laughs> We might be trolling down the daily here, Andy, but you might also note there's some roadworks going on on the side of the daily. If you hear those noises in the background, that's just completely normal roadworks as we troll down the daily. Yep. Just another they're, day on the daily. They're ripping up a, a water main over there on the bank. Is that what it is? That's why there's no water in the house, even though we're on the boat. That's why there's no water and why... Oh. I shouted out to you when oh. you went to the toilet earlier and before I mentioned it. Is that what you were saying? And you were trying to flush. Yes. So if, if you could deal with that, okay. number two, we have no water here on the boat in the Daly River where we are. <laughs> okay. If, that, if any of that makes any, any sense at all. Great to hear from Pete, um, Pete from Humpty Doo, the self-anointed barraman. It's always good to hear from Pete. It's good to have him back. There was another element in that coro, though, Andy, um, that we omitted. I'll give you the gist of it. It, w it was Pete's opinion that that excellent session on the bong had nothing to do with the brand new Delilah that was shining proudly on what is a very old 10-foot hull with a very old 8-horse that he paid 100 bucks for. Nothing to do with it? No. Not giving credit to the Delilah? He surmised that the luck was instead due to the discovery of a red G-string he found amidst his possessions somewhere. He didn't know where they came from, nor who they belonged to even. But supposing they might be a good luck charm, he chucked them in the tackle box, and here we are. Now, I'd, I mean, firstly, if you write us a, a, a good fishing yarn, we don't send you 
a red G, the G string. string. No, we That's send good you, luck. We send you a sticker. We send you the YYY, you so unkind, red Delilah 120Y, go fast, excellent, brilliant luck, statistically proven, uh, go fast 120 uh, sticker. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And I'm no statistician, Andy, but I need you to indulge me here. Correlations are slippery things, right? Mm. Stay with me mm-hmm. to, to the extent that you can. This is what the ABS have to stay on the matter. Two or more variables are considered to relate if their values change such that the value of one variable, if it increases or decreases, this is the presence of the undies, yeah. um, has an impact on or changes, increases or decreases the other variable, i.e. the number of barrel landed. Mm-hmm. Correlation is the measure that describes the size and direction of that relationship, how one variable affects the other. Right? I'm, I'm just with you. A correlation doesn't mean that one is the cause of the other. That's something different in statistics. Uh, that's that's, that's ca- causation. That's causation. Now I'm with you. Which indicates that one event is, is the result of the occurrence of another event. Red G-string was the reason for the barra. Mm. There's a causal relationship. Between the G-banger and the barra. So the question here for us to resolve, Andy, is there correlation or causation at play? That's yet to be determined. There's only one way to test that. Is That's take to the eliminate G-str- one of the variables. Correct. It's and record simple. the results empirically. That one session isn't enough, Pete, to prove correlation nor causation between the red G-string on the one hand and fishing on the other. Take the G-string out, go back again... With the sticker, let's see what happens. And come back to us, Pete. Come back to us with that. But again, Andy, maybe these things shouldn't be left to statisticians. Maybe there are some esoteric forces at play in this crazy world, and we shouldn't laugh at a man who truly believes that the presence of a pair of underpants affects his fishing. The effect, however, of the sticker on one's fortunes, Andy? Beyond doubt. Tried and tested and as certain as the law of gravity itself. Fishers, I reckon you could be forgiven for thinking that when one of the Territory's top barra fishers doesn't currently have a boat, that he might be a little bit morose, a little bit downtrodden, not able to get out fishing and forced to scab rides with, uh, with his mates if he wants to go. I could be wrong, though. Shane Compain, how are you feeling, man? Uh, it's not that bad, but it is bad. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, but I've got a few mates and they owe me about 20 years of um, boat trips, so yeah, I've got a few up my sleeves. When's the last time you didn't have a boat? Before I didn't have my licence, so I was, yeah, 15. That's a long time ago, that's scary. And I, and I don't want to borrow my old man's boat because then he always got something on you, you know. It, he goes, yeah, yeah, you can use it, but then... I don't know, he just, they just, the parents use his ammunition on you, so I'm trying as hard as I can not to use his boat, and it's been three months now and I haven't used it, so I'm going pretty good. Old boat sold, kind of a famous boat really, I'm sure you're just going to, you know, downgrade something, get, get something a bit more nimble? No, I've got the boat I want, I've um, just been waiting obviously because it's come from America again, same brand, same everything, just a little bit bigger. It's just a fraction, because I want to get into that blue water a bit more, chase the marlin and sailfish. Not that Optimus couldn't do it, um, but yeah, just nothing like upgrading. And is the sounder screen going to be like pulling into the, up to the drive-in like last time? <laughs> no, I'm actually going to go a little bit smaller. I'm going to go 19, because I don't want to go cutting my console apart and 
I don't know, that was a nightmare to do that. It was worth it, but yeah, I'll probably just stick with a 19 this time around. Yeah. At least when you know when you had like a cold morning on the bong, you could just hide behind the screen and you know keep out of the wind and watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> Your mob are going out blue water uh, recently. How you been faring? Yeah, well the charter boats are running flat out this time of year. Um, it's our busiest time of year actually. Uh, we did a family day on Monday last Monday. Um, it was good fishing. Uh, my mum and my sister had a double hookup on Goldies, a 72 centimetre and a 62, so cracking Goldies. But no, it was uh, it was on the big tides, so you know for, for blue water fishing it's not the best. But um, no, there's plenty of fish around. But really good reports with the blue water at the moment. Um, just good stock levels, you know. Just Goldies getting trout, different species of cods. We got I don't even know, I can't remember that. They're random different cods, but yeah, no, the, the blue water has been really healthy. What are you hearing on the on the pelagic front? I mean, we're hearing about lots of mackies coming in. Maybe not so much tuna. Uh, is that a temperature thing? You think? Definitely. It's um, obviously come this time of year in the colder time of year. We generally will start to head out to like the pinnacles and three amigos and these wider grounds to chase the chase the pelagics. Um, but they normally start kicking around now. But they've just seen a few dribs and drabs starting to come throughout the front of Darwin, so it shouldn't do, be too far away. On those charters, are you guys just solely dropping baits or are you dropping yeah. jigs as well? Yeah, no, oh, it depends on the clients, but 99% of the time it's just your bread and butter fishing, which is bad and nice rig, 8-ounce snapper lead, a bit of pilchard and, um, and um, squid, but uh, we do get the old clients that want to drop jigs down, flutter jigs, gulps, and they all work just as good. Can you tie a, uh, a paternoster, you know, with your eyes closed? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> just, like, just like an FG knot. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the billabongs. Uh, coming up on another uh, full moon, what does that mean for billabong fishing in your book? The full moon definitely is the favourite moon phase to fish your billabongs. Number one, simply you can see more, you know what's going on, you're not in the pitch black. Uh, and it generally can, obviously the lead up to the full moon and on the back side of the full moon can be really good fishing. Um, but like we did the new moon uh, a couple weeks ago. It's harder to fish because obviously you can't see what's going on, but it's, I don't know, I'm starting to enjoy it a bit more because it's more surface and they do feed more aggressively on the surface on a new moon compared to a full moon. That's the saying. I've done a few videos on that on fishing full moons and new moons. Um, sorry. That's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> With a full moon, you can fish uh, more subsurface lures and you can fish plastics on the bottom, and then on a darker moon, generally always fish surface. I don't know, that just seems to work better and they're more aggressive on the surface. So, But it, the, the middle of the lungs have been, again, we've had an amazing uh, season with the wet season, so that and then forwards on to the billabongs and how healthy they are. Just reports from the guides who are fishing crobbery. You know, clients are getting, you know, 20, 30 barra a day. Not legal barra, they're getting the odd legals in Munster, but just so many small barra, the mullet, the bait, um, the billabongs. They, I reckon they're going to really crack this year. When's prime time for you uh, for, for billabongs? Because last year, I remember, you guys went out a few times doing that big trolling soft plastic kind of thing and, and, yeah. did, and did really well. What time of year is that and when's the trigger for you? That little bit warmer weather. So, you know, in the next... Oh, normally late August, September, just end of the dry, first start of that, that warmer weather. Obviously, metabolism, they, get, they feed a bit more and a bit more aggressive. But in saying that, you know, I've had really good sessions this time of year, so it's just about getting out there, really, putting the hours in and normally get rewarded. Putting the hours in is something that you're not doing at the moment because you don't have a boat and because <laughs> you're also in uh, the hellhole called Stock Take. What a great day for Tales from the Tinny to come and hit you up, bro. 
Yeah, I was a bit um, hesitant at first, but I said, all right, because we're, we're going to count 25,000 different SKUs. So um, it's a bit of a task ahead of us. You must be hearing beeps in your sleep. Oh, I've been grouching at the work experience kid already. He keeps marking. <laughs> He's only got 10 fingers and 10 toes, so. <laughs> Man, it's a bit late in the piece to really be talking about the runoff, uh, but I don't think we really talked to you during the runoff. Let's just say it like this. Did you make the most of the runoff? I did at times, yes. It was a cracking year. Just for numbers, purely numbers. Like, just Shady Camp was out of control, but that goes to show no netting, good wet season. Um, they come in, obviously the food source is there, they're going to come in, but it's funny because they weren't there in those numbers in previous years, but it's amazing we get a good wet season, they all sniff out that fresh water and in they come. But uh, in the, obviously, again, with like the South Alligator, the Daily, the Daily bounced back amazing, like after fishing the Barra Nationals and Barra Classic. The main thing was... All that silt was gone from the system, so the rock bars, the logs, you know, everything was exposed again. And you must have been seeing, you know, snags that you remember from years gone by, like, oh, you, I, re- I remember you. <laughs> I remember you, yeah, well, it was just the rock bar, like a lot of the rock bar, you see them in the sand, like, you get that clearer reading, you can see the rocks, and, and the fish actually live there, like, they stay there, they don't just go, oh, look at this pile of silt and keep swimming past it you know what I mean so I was in my happy place put it that way which you are decidedly not in your happy place now bro uh, thanks for having a chat <laughs> with the tinny again and, and and I'll let you get back to the stock tape cheers guys good instincts again I thought from Beard there to strike when Shane was down Andy oh perfect he's got no boat so one of the greats who's held up in lights revered and envied in fact you know indeed despised by some lowly fishos for his prowess and consistent performances. Mm. Now we can feel equal, perhaps, only because he doesn't even have a boat and we're just about level pegging now. What a, what a terrific leveller. To, to add insult to that injury for Shane. Or perfection, in, indeed, to perfection to be at strike time. He got him without a boat in the middle of stock take. undoubtedly the most boring role to ever undertake. And then in comes Beard and just dangles the (laughs) donut right in front of him. Tell me about what you haven't (laughs) been catching and where you haven't been fishing. How's life for you right now? (laughs) Good work, Beard. Good work. Excellent instincts on the strike time, Beard. I do feel for you though, Shane. You'll You'll get back on top shortly, bro. Hi, I'm Bobby again from Kroma. I'm going to be the same story. Last one, snap my rod chasing tuna. Uh, last week, uh, yep, another one. And not long ago, about three days ago, another one. Monday morning, launched my kayak about 6.30 in the morning. Get to the spot about 7 o'clock. Only one boat out. I thought to myself, it's going to be leap one, going to be by myself. And first thing, just no action at all until that lights up, bit of, bit of sun up. Bit of wind here, tried to stay in one spot quite a bit hard, and I just keep trying, try, and finally I got to the spot where the tuna been in action. I wait there for about 10 minutes or if not more, and not far from my kayak, another action come up. First cast, nothing, and second cast, that's when I got hooked really good. Been uh, watching the YouTube too much, tried to land tuna grab by the toil, and I don't know what I done wrong, tried to land the tuna, grab a tile, but the tuna look at me and I do the second run. Everyone gonna guess, there's another brand new rod just snap in a half. 
I snapped my rod and the sadness in there and anger in there. Look at the fish like, mate, you snapped my rod but now you're in my fish bag. Happy and sadness, they just mix in one. And not just there, what a messy morning. Try to fight just with uh, my reel and only two eyes from that rod one that snapped. Finally the tuna giving up. I tried to gap the tuna and Nearly put a hole on my kayak. To be honest, you don't want to hear the, the word that I said. Really bad one, English, Balinese, anything come out from my mouth and not that good to listen. Tuna just passed everywhere and put my head up, just now I'm gonna go home now. And I grab my phone, like everyone gonna say, You ring your missus, say yes, I am. I ring up my missus and she said, I thought you're fishing, say yeah, I'm fishing. And she just straight away guessing, Don't tell me you snap your rod. And I say, Yes. And she just said, this the third one you snap. I said, I don't know what I've done wrong. Get home, put my tuna on the ice. I just sit back and I just, oh, maybe I'm not chasing tuna anymore. Maybe I'm going to fishing a whiting or garfish. That's not. I got a text message from one of the kayaker. Are you going to go out on uh, Tuesday morning? I say like, yeah, all right, I got one extra rod lap. And I took the one out. Thank God. Got one tuna, dropped one, and my rod come home in one pieces. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> Is it time to contemplate a fiberglass rod, Bobby? Uh, maybe I'll try bamboo next time. Or some log or something. Suk semua, serang sami, asyik in the water. Well, three out of three. Wow, I reckon even I'd find that hard to do, Tim. Mm. Admittedly not the kind of hat-trick you really want in fishing, but nonetheless, it's a hat-trick. Here he is facing a hat-trick. It's out! Got it, and that's a hat-trick. The crowd's going off. It is all happening, as Bill Laurie would be saying. Meanwhile, in another bit of news, um, Andy, we forgot to mention earlier, the government's confirmed they have now written to the NLC. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Been to, following this. Yeah, this is to try to secure long-term access to the Finnis and Mini Mini under uh, under Blue Mud. Mm. What this means is the money's on the table now. An offer's been made. It's good. Um, Paul Kirby, who's the Rec Fishing Minister, says the waters belong to traditional owners. And, and any decisions ultimately rest with them. So whether or not the TOs want to allow access or whether that deal is enough for them to allow access uh, is yet to be determined. And everyone respects that, ball's in their court. Um, but was it pains to make the point that the offer of funding through the NLC for wreck fishing access for those areas that are currently closed, that is the Finnis and the mini mini Merganella regions, has been made. So it's on the table. And we will let you know um, when a decision's made, either way it goes. Tim, we spoke of the Night Nightcliff Jetty structural repair works last week. Well, they started on Thursday. This um, is one of your real pet projects as well. This one. Yeah, it's a. It's I've a, noted. It is. I'm, I'm following this with interest. Yes, with great deal of interest. It's Where a, are we at it's a with very, access and repairs? Very important piece of uh, of infrastructure. So, following that friendly reminder, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, remember right. that one—the yeah. friendly sort of warning reminder. Don't tell me it's another friendly reminder. It's it's a standing agenda item friendly <laughs> reminder, which which is no fishing from the walkway will be allowed while the work's taking place, but you can fish 
um, from the walkway outside of the working hours. Okay. But you can't fish on the bit if it's if it's sort of blocked off at the end there. So those hours are 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Saturday. There's a lot of info in that friendly warning reminder, isn't there? Yeah, don't say it wasn't friendly, though, because it damn well was. It was definitely a reminder. Felt this like grasshopper praying mantis on my back. Had absolutely no motor functions at all. So we thought, seeing she's on a fish, we better not put the toilet seat lid on. But I've got a few hurdles to jump. Tales from the Tinny. Hey guys, Jemima from Humpty Doo here. Just thought I'd fill you in on something that's been happening in the past few months. So my partner has always wanted a boat. He's looked at them for quite some time, pretty well the whole time we've been together. Always tell me, this is this has got this one. Oh, look at this, this has got that. How good would this boat be? So always I'd be like, yeah, how about we look at the boat? We go, we can go suss it out. We can figure out some numbers. Nah, no, I don't want to look at it. I can't afford it. I'm an apprentice. And I'm like, babe, I'm not an apprentice. I can afford it. It's fine. We'll figure it out. We keep going about this battle for two years. Sure. Then our mate decides it's time to upgrade his boat. He's got this great 480 top ender, new motor, good condition. I'm like, sweet. We know the history. It's all good. And he's like, nah, no. Really, I can't afford it. If you want to do it, you're all on your own. And I'm like, oh. So we're at the pub with our mate. He can see that our conversations are going back and forth and we can't figure out what's going on. And I'm real keen, Tom's not. And he's like, I know, Jemima wears the pants. I'm going to have a chat to her. So he sneaks away. I've gone to get drinks and he's like, Come on, mate, let's do a deal. So Tom's still oblivious to the whole situation. Anywho, a couple days later, I'm towing my boat home. (laughs) And we now have a boat at the home. So when Tom sees it, he's like, sweet, we've got a boat. Gets on the blower, calls every Tom, Dick and Harry. I've got a boat. I can do this mission now. I'm going to go to the harbour. I'm going to go to Crobbery. I'm going to go here, there and everywhere. And, oh, I can do this. I'm going to put this there. This is what's going on. And I'm like, mate, whose boat is it? You didn't want anything to do with this boat. And thankfully, our mates are very good and told him exactly the situation. And they say, no, mate, your missus has a boat. You don't have a boat. Or, mate, you don't own a boat. You have a sugar mama. That is all you have. And I think it did hurt him a little bit. He was a bit shy after that, all a bit coy. And I was like, come on, babe, it's fine. It's our boat. It's all good. But just make sure that I'm coming on these missions. So he seems reasonable about it. It's all good. And then next minute, I hear him on the phone. Oh, yeah, mate, that sounds like a good plan. Yep, we'll head out Saturday morning and we'll go this. And I'm like, he gets off the phone. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm working Saturday. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're working. So I thought, you know, I'll take the boat out with my mate and we'll go do this. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. In my boat, you're going to take my boat out without me. Oh, yeah, 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 but you're at work, so you can't come anyway. Righto, sure. This keeps going. I'm like, what is going on? I finally got to go in the boat for a day and I was like, we need cup holders in here. Went and bought some. I was like, yeah, I'll go grab the jewel and put it here. No, you can't put it there. I'm going to put a rod holder there. 
oh, but again, whose boat is it? I thought it was my boat. I want the cup holder here. And he's like, no, no, the rod holder's going there. <laughs> okay, I'll just let that slide. Again, no rod holder or cup holder are still in the boat. Haven't made our minds up yet. Continues on. Number. This has now been, I think I've been in the boat about five times and he's been about 10, 12 times in the three months we've had it. The final straw for me to contacting you guys is when I was just sitting at home and I get this message and it says, hey, guess what? I forgot to put the bungs in the boat. I nearly just sunk it. Rookie error, but all good. Like, mate, are you just the luckiest bloke alive or are you full pulling the piss out of me? I'm not quite sure. So after I got the message about them trying to sink my boat, I quickly got out of bed and said, meet me at the boat ramp, I'm coming. So I get in, they're about to go for the first pull, first round, no crabs. I'm like, why didn't you put one there? Why, like, we'll throw a pot there. They're like, oh, whatever, because you're on the boat, sure, we'll do it. Keep going, nothing comes up. We go back to the spot that I had suggested. The biggest buck that has ever been on the boat before gets pulled up. And they're like, oh. So point to my story here and just want to get it out there for any partners that may have a boat at their house that they don't quite contribute to or it's not exactly their boat. It's fine, we want to be open, what's ours is yours, but next time you're planning that trip, maybe just ask first if the person that does pay for it wants to go on the trip or if it's okay. Anywho, just thinking, I think I need one of these stickers on my boat just in that one off chance that I get to go on my boat and see if I can catch a barra. Look, I don't like to bust his bubble all the time. It's, it's our house, it's our boat, but when push comes to shove and he's annoying me, it will always be my boat. Pretty much all our mates are calling our boat sugar, given that the sugar mama bought it. I mean, I have naming rights anyway, but I'm quite happy with that name. I think I might get a nice big pink sticker made up and Tom if you're still listening after all this I do love you you can use it but put the cup holder where I wanted it the first time (laughs) what a great yarn from Jemima what a legend but you can imagine the, the conversation at home Andy where She's really torn and in two minds. Of course it's our boat, babe. Yeah, but it's really my boat if you piss me off. And otherwise, what's mine is yours, love. Yeah, unless you're a dickhead about it, and then it's mine. But 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 if you're not, it's ours. Yeah, until I say it's mine again. <laughs> you can. You can absolutely imagine that. Yeah, and that's going to that's gonna carry on for the life of that relationship <laughs> so and great. the life of that boat, which hopefully is forever. <laughs> good on you, Jemima, and good on you, Tom. Hope that message came through all good, mate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. It's it's yours unless it's not. May both of you have many adventure on the boat known only as Sugar. Tales from the Tinny. We talk often, Andy, about the values of the church. You know, from up here on the pulpit, it's so lovely to see the congregation in a warm embrace at all times across the waters. 
as, as rocky as those waters might be. Like a big safety net of church members well, holding that... hands in a chequered fashion to catch those who fall. Yeah, indeed. That's exactly what it is. And one of the key tenets of, of, of the church is that kind of altruistic and giving nature, wouldn't you say? The net. The net, but also the, the natural giving. The giving not because... Not with thought of self. No, with thought of others and with thought of church. A, a man who exemplifies these values to a T is Brian at Leaders Creek. Yes, yes. A man always giving to others with no thought of self. Consistently. Launching other people's boats, retrieving other people's boats, getting up at all hours for no gain, just to be a good church member. Brian, again, working for the good of the church. How are you this morning, Brian? Good, thank you, mate. Good to be back chatting with you guys again. Are we talking about the church which has got a lot of spiritual influence? Yes, of the Church of the Tinny. Ah, because I get my spiritual influence from a carton of beer. (laughs) Well, that's part of the Church of the Tinny too. Brian, you haven't been and heard the sermons before. We don't give out wine. It's a can (laughs) in a stubby cooler. And a Jats cracker. And that is the blood of Christ in this church. All right, I like this. <laughs> and the body of Christ is a wingding, a chicken burst ball, or a dumpling. Or a dumpling. How about a chicken curry? <laughs> chicken curry will be fine. Whatever, whatever you want, mate. So, 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 so how's it been going out at, out at Leaders, Brian? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, we've had a good year so far uh, with, uh, you know, a lot of travellers coming in and out of the place from all parts of the country. Fishing has been good. The crabbing's been good. And what are you seeing come back to the boat ramp, Brian? Plenty of uh, salmon, threadies, blue, uh, blue salmon, threadies, uh, finger marks. People are also travelling and picking up some nice barrett. A bit unusual is the water temperature dropping at the moment. It's around about probably 27, 26, 27. Sporadic here and there. I mean, one guy uh, got uh, hooked up three batter two days ago, and they were all uh, legal, just crawling up and down through the mouth. Yeah, sit down, crawl with holding the rod in one hand and a can of beer in the other hand. That's the way you do it. Yes. So, uh, what about Jewies, mate? Yeah, Jewies are coming out as well. Some nice Jewies. Uh, in fact, a young fellow was having his 15th birthday here and he got his first meet with Dewey. Made his day, made his birthday party too. Are there many Jewies out in those holes at the front? Uh, yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. There are quite a few. People are marking quite a few. And uh, hooking up a few and losing a few too, getting spooled out. And what about beyond the front there, Brian? Are people heading out there? We have had... A lot of those southeasterlies, it's probably been a bit blowy, but are people going out to the Vernons and beyond? Uh, people in bigger boats are going out into the, uh, in front of Pusekat Island there and uh, doing all right too if they can uh, weather the rough water. Uh, people have been going out to Cape Hotham, they've been going out to the TV Islands, uh, the Vernon Islands, the Gunpoint Blue Holes. Yeah, generally speaking, the fishing's reasonably active. What about the mud crabs, Brian? The mud crabs are doing all right. Yeah, some people are getting half a dozen. Some people are getting 10, 15, 20. Uh, depends on what sort of bait they're using, I guess. They won't tell me that. Buggers. <laughs> but I've been out uh, in the creek crabbing too, and I've done all right for myself. Feed the family. 
that's not altruistic, is it, if they won't tell you what the bait they're using? No. That's, that's not yeah. in line it's with our one, values. It's a one-way street with Brian giving and not receiving. Yeah, some people... Uh some people, what they're doing, they're finding when they pull their pots up, they got uh, empty beer bottles and they're making all crabs. Yeah, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's just yeah. wrong. Evil. If you're going to share farm and flog someone else's crabs, just do it. Don't, don't leave, leave a calling card. Don't leave card. a sign to say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, it's been lovely as always to talk to you, mate. And, 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 and let's hope there's a little bit more giving back. If you're heading out to uh, Leaders Creek, Sling the guy a fillet, sling the guy a, a mud crab or a icy cold go. can of beer. I think on that note, we should talk more often. All right, man, I got the other phone ringing. Yeah, I got to go. See, see, see you, Brian. Rightio, see ya. You guys have a good day. <laughs> you too, mate. Bye. And as soon as he arrived, he was gone again. That fishos was a window into the life of Brian. No wonder he knew all about communion and all that other churchy type stuff, eh? Well, that's it from us again, fishos. Another week. Gee, that tinny went quick today. Did it go quick for you, Tim? Yeah, it's because we were having fun, and thanks for that fun, Andy. And <laughs> thanks to you for producing and providing the fun fishos as you do every week on Tales from the Tinny. And to you, Beard, for keeping Tim and I on track and knowing when to strike. Provides reasonable fun, does Beard. Runs, uh, really, I can't speak highly enough of the the mullet, mate, and your instincts are incredibly sound. So thanks for all those things, Beard. Thank you, Rock in Nullumboy. Thank you, Pete from Humpty Doo. Good to have you back. Uh, thanks, Shane Compain, Jemima, uh, and Brian at Leaders. Different than what sort of bait they're using, I guess. They won't tell me that. Buggers. Yeah, buggers sometimes to poor old Brian. <laughs> Just come back in and even if you make it up, I use a chicken frame, Brian. I use a boiled potato. Don't be a bugger to Brian. And thanks, of course, to Bobby, who finally ended his run of snapped rods on tuna uh, and has exhibited the, the kind of thought process one goes through the, the trauma of multiple snapped graphite rods. Uh, maybe I'll try bamboo next time. <laughs> or some log or something. <laughs> Fish with a log, Jamie. Bobby. Good luck with that, man. Until next week, fishos, get a uh, get a g-string wearing vac sealed mullet right on up here.